everyone and welcome to the Ayumi podcast. Today we'll be speaking with Lars Langer, Secretary General of Ayumi, about the sad current situation in Ukraine and the impact on marine insurance. Hello Lars and welcome. Hello Katerina and thank you very much for the opportunity to record this very topical podcast on short notice, so most appreciated. Thank you, thank you. Lars, to begin, can you tell us about the situation in Ukraine and Russia and the impact on global shipping and marine insurance? Yes, absolutely. I try to structure my thoughts because, as you can imagine, since at least mid of February, this kept us quite busy and not only us, the whole world, I would say. So before entering in marine insurance particulars, please allow me to reiterate the statement which we as Ayumi already have made on our homepage and which was also included in the last Yumi I, our newsletter, in which we said very clearly that we as everybody else demand that Russia ends this war. It is a war, this unlawful attack on Ukrainian territories. So that, that is really very close to our heart and we would like to join the public community in that. And a part of, of that, of course, when it comes to our business, is it is currently very much also about the safety of seafarers. So when it comes to the situation of seafarers, we have more or less, there is in BIMCO ICS seafarers workforce report, and that states that we have about 1.9 million seafarers out there on 74,000 merchant vessels. And out of these not 1.9 million seafarers, there is 200,000 Russians and there is 75,000 Ukrainians, which amounts to about 14.5% of all seafarers out there, which have either Russian or Ukrainian nationality. So when we talk to ship owners, they tell us on board as such, that is not that much of a problem. So people know each other, people work together. So that is fine. But it poses, of course, problems. Ukrainians being home have no alternative, of course, to come back on the vessel. They have to stay home for obvious reason. They have to fight. And for the people on board, leaving the vessel means that you immediately enter into the war, of course, which also poses problems. And this is something which we have very much in mind and where we work together with, with ship owners to ease the situation. So that that is only the overall situation for seafarers. When you enter the region, of course, it becomes much, much much more serious. So we have seen already a number of attacks in the region. We had, for example, the Yaza Jupiter Marshall Island flagged, which faced an explosion 24th of February. Uh, we saw the Millennial Spirit Moldavia flagged, and we see more and more reports about sea mines in the region, which pose massive threats, of course. And we do know that there are still ships in Ukrainian ports ready loaded. They are not allowed to leave yet, but they are still in the ports. So this is something which is very much in our focus. And all in all, one must say the situation is a shame. The situation is a mess. And we have all together to do our best to mitigate for the affected people the situation. Definitely, definitely. Thank you. And what is the current situation for war risk insurers specifically? Yeah, that comes really to the technical underwriting since war risk insurance is, is belonging to the marine insurance lines of business. Uh, so that is very much driven by the Joint War Committee, certainly known to most of our listeners here today. And the Joint War Committee monitored the situation already for a long time since this crisis arised. A Joint War Committee is defining high-risk areas, and they have already mid of February in the 28th edition, I guess, of the Joint JWLA joint war listed areas 
included Ukrainian waters of the Ukrainian coast in the Black Sea and also in the Sea of Azov. And that has been amended with the 29th issue on 7th of March, which now also includes some inland waterways, not only in the region, but also in Belarus. So that is done. And this does mean for insurance clients, for ship owners, that they have to notify to their insurers when they enter the region. And then the most common mechanism is that you have a so-called AP, an additional premium. As always, I'm not allowed to talk about premium, but I do not really tell a secret when I say that this is really significant amounts. So we are not talking about per mil. We are talking obviously about percent. So that will happen. And you have also short cancellation periods. Of course, you have adjusted conditions. That all happens. What one should add is that currently Romanian and Bulgarian ports in the, in the region are not affected. So that is still possible. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. And um, we have been seeing a lot of sanctions being imposed on Russia. Is the sanctions landscape clear to marine insurers? Yeah, that is a very good question. And, and, and this would also start from my side with an overall statement. And this is also what we tell the regulators currently. We are talking much to regulators currently on that. And we say, that in general, we will do our utmost to comply with sanctions. And we, we see the point and, and we do not object imposing sanctions. This is much better to solve the crisis than entering into a war, of course. So that that's said first. Apart from that, it is still very much a moving landscape. So sanctions are already in place. Additional sanctions are currently under development. There is certainly still more to come as tailor-made as possible. It is partly related to goods. It is partly related to persons, partly related to citizenships or certain countries. And it is very difficult to give one good advice to insurers apart from that you have to monitor very, very closely what the sanction landscape currently looks like. And if there is any uncertainty, you need external external support as well to ensure that you comply with everything as much as possible. Thank you. Thank you. And what challenges are underwriters of Russian-related risks finding? Yeah, Katerina, so I mentioned already sanction check. That is very much, that is of high importance, of course. Another thing is, of course, uh, the changing risk landscape. When you come to that region, also when it comes to transport routes, if you take air transport, we all do know that the area is closed. You can't use that. If you have transport close to the area, you have to bear this in mind. means this needs also adjustment. What we see more and more currently is that on a company level, companies refrain from underwriting, signing Russian-related risks. So that is a company decision, but it, it may happen that insurers take their policy decision. We want to avoid to finance a Russian war, and so far we withdraw from all Russian risks. This is something where you have to have a look at, of course, as an, as an insurance client, also in co-insurance relations. So that is something which we see. And it is also an issue, we'll talk about that a little bit later, it is also an issue when it comes to class and certification that there are some issues may arise. So that is mainly the, the few bullet points where we currently see underwriting challenges. Thank you. Thank you. And the Russian Maritime Register of Shipping's membership was recently withdrawn from IACS with immediate effect. What impact does this have on marine insurance? Yeah, that is a very recent development that happened very, very recently. And, and 
regulators as well as classification societies ran this with us because marine insurance always is related very closely to class. So when it comes to general insurance conditions, we discussed this with some of the major markets. It is very unlikely that general insurance conditions directly relate to IAX class to grant insurance cover. That may be different on, a, on an individual contract basis. So you should check if there are any conditions which say IAX class is required for insurance coverage. If this is the case, and a ship is classed with Russian register, you have to take this up. That could pose a risk. So that is one side of, of, of the issue. The other side where problems could arise is in the, in, the, in the capacity of Russian register as a so-called recognized organization, RO, working on behalf of a flex state and issuing certificates on compliance with rules on behalf of the flex state. So RO is, according to estimations, recognized organization for about 55 flex states. And this is where you have to check what happens to the certificates issued for this particular flex state. Is this affecting insurance coverage? And this is also something which we discussed with the major markets, and we find it unlikely that this may immediately lead to unvoidance of the certificates, but this is also something which you should check of course in advance is class withdrawn unlikely but please check are certificates becoming unvoid unlikely but check in the single case if this could happen thank you thank you and what is ayumi doing to help its members during this crisis yeah, Katerina, we, we are not directly in the underwriting business, of course. What we do, I mentioned this already in the beginning, is we talk a lot to people currently. We talk a lot to, to regulators, to, to mention only two. We talk to the European Commission, which is very active for obvious reasons on the, on the sanctions front. We explain what is possible, what is doable, where our limits are. And they, is my impression, listen very closely in order to ensure that we can work with that. And we talk also to the IMO. So the class issue, that was something where we were in touch when it comes to recognized organization to ensure that everybody understands what this could mean. We do also talk to the other stakeholders. We were in touch with IACS very closely on that, the International Association of Classification Societies, and also with ship owners, BIMCO, for example, where we explain what insurance covers means currently so the war risk issue for example the mechanisms that this is that this is understood and of course we endeavor to inform our members as we do here with the podcast and and to connect to see that everybody is is fully in the game no so we can't harmonize and we don't want to harmonize procedures as always but we inform the markets thank you thank you and and what do you see as the short mid and long term impacts of this war on world trade transport and marine insurance thank you katarina yeah it's an it's an early stage but our assumption is that it will be quite serious so the crisis adds to what we have already seen we have the post hopefully post pandemic scenarios which post already challenges shortage of of transport capacities for example we had already a quite quite challenging inflation environment which might also be further fostered by the situation and when it comes to this crisis as such of course the regions were very important for a number of commodities so if you take for example sunflower oil we read that 50 more than 50% of the world production 
production come from Ukraine and from Russia. The same for wheat, where you have really significant capacities in these countries, which now simply are simply missing or fertilizers which are very important for agriculture so there is a luck as well so this is something which surely will impact the environment what it means for the, the world economy climate as such this is something which we have to monitor it is certainly a challenge so that is something where we will very closely look at together with our partners from the from the data providing organizations Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much, Lars, for taking the time to speak with us today. We all hope that the situation is resolved quickly. Thank you very much, Katerina. A pleasure to talk to you. Mm -hmm.